Welcome to the front page, keeping you up to date on the biggest news of the day from the New Zealand Herald and Newstalk ZB. It's Friday the 22nd of February, I'm Juliette Sivetson. In today's top news, Malcolm Rewa has been found guilty of murdering Susan Burrett. What the capital gains tax means for house prices. ScoMo's here, the Australian Prime Minister touches down on New Zealand soil and a big weekend for aviation enthusiasts. A major moment in New Zealand's legal history today. Malcolm Rewa has been found guilty of murdering Susan Burdett in her South Auckland home in 1992. The jury returned their verdict today after hearing two weeks of evidence and arguments in the High Court at Auckland. Burdett was raped and bludgeoned to death in her Papa Toy Toy home in 1992. After some 27 years, 12 New Zealanders today said her killer was Rewa. Rewa was convicted of the 39-year-old's rape in 1998, but two juries that year were unable to decide whether he was also responsible for her death. A stay of proceedings for a murder prosecution against Rewa had previously been applied by the Solicitor-General in 1998. But in 2017, the Deputy Solicitor-General, Brendan Horsley, on behalf of the Attorney-General, reversed the 1998 stay to allow the third trial. Infamously, the Crown had also prosecuted Taina Porter for the Accounts Clerk's murder. When just 17 years old, Porter was arrested and later twice wrongly convicted for murdering Burdett. He spent 22 years in prison before the Privy Council quashed his conviction in 2015 and has since received an apology from the government and $3.5 million in compensation. Today in court, New Zealand Herald court reporter Sam Hurley says it was a quick deliberation. Uh, it was just, just under four hours by my calculations. They retired all past the morning break and then returned almost immediately after lunch with the guilty verdict. Sam Hurley says Justice Jeffrey Vanning had some final advice for the jury before they went off to deliberate. He made a comment to put aside any media reports or any coverage they may have seen. Obviously this case has had a long history which goes into the Tainapora case as well. Malcolm Rewa's lawyer is refusing to rule out an appeal. Paul Chambers says his client's concerned the jury came back so quickly when there was 400 pages of evidence to pull through. He says they'll wait some time before considering an appeal. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen without emotion. We're going to sit back and get over what, uh, what's happened today and try and think with this carefully and logically and whether he goes ahead or not. Chambers says Rewa maintains he wasn't there the night Burdett died and didn't do it. And his perspective is so little of it actually identified him as a, as a potential murderer. It certainly had him as a suspect because of the, the semen, but um, he felt the crime scene just didn't marry with what they were trying to say he did. Rewa is currently serving a preventive detention sentence for raping several women in the 80s and 90s. He described his days before prison as harsh, possibly nasty life. During his incarceration, however, Rewa explained he had found Christ. Rewa said he felt terrible shame about his rape convictions, but has always denied raping and murdering Burdett. 22 years in prison for an Auckland rugby coach who sexually abused 17 young boys over a period of more than 30 years. 
Newstalk ZB's Lucy Thompson reports. Alosio Taimo must serve a minimum of 10 years before he can apply for parole. The Crown prosecutors argued for a sentence of preventative detention because of the seriousness of the case and Taimo's denial of offending. Taimo was convicted on 95 charges. Sentencing Judge Justice Simon Moore described his offending as a gross breach of trust and said Taimo used subtle and cynical means to control his victims. Justice Moore says the scale of Taimo's offending is unprecedented in this country. He said Taimo had claimed during the trial that the young men who had come forward were lying. Justice Moore said he'd heard from parents who felt like they had failed their children, even though they did nothing wrong and did not deserve to feel that way. In sentencing, he said Taimo could not claim previous good conduct as he continued to offend right up until he was arrested. In a victim impact statement, a complainant had told Timor he's no longer angry and forgives him. Court orders prevent the naming of schools or sports clubs associated with Timor's offending. In future, he will be registered on the child sex offender list. Four people from an international drug smuggling syndicate have been arrested after police found 11 kilograms of methamphetamine stashed inside cooking appliances. The discovered meth had a street value of $5.5 million and police say the seizure has prevented $13 million of social harm. An investigation got underway in late December after New Zealand Customs staff detected 5 kilograms of methamphetamine hidden inside a cooking appliance. Further inquiries by police resulted in two further seizures of methamphetamine, also hidden inside cooking appliances, totalling 6 kilograms. National Organised Crime Group Detective Inspector Paul Newman says a small syndicate was linked to the alleged imports. Last week, police made a number of arrests in New Zealand and in Fiji as part of the operation, which is dubbed Operation Nova. Four men from New Zealand, China, Canada and the US were arrested by New Zealand police last week. Meanwhile, two National Organised Crime Group investigators had been in Fiji supporting the local authorities with their inquiries. Fijian police also searched a number of properties and detained people linked to the group. At one address in Suva, their efforts resulted in a seizure of 39 kilograms of cocaine with a street value of about 30 million Fijian dollars. That's nearly 20 million in New Zealand dollars. A Canadian national was arrested in connection with the find. Newman says they believed the man was connected to the group arrested in New Zealand. Police inquiries are ongoing and further charges may be laid. One of the big stories this week is the reaction to the capital gains tax. Yesterday, the tax working group recommended the government implement a capital gains tax and use the money gained to lower the personal tax rate and to target polluters. Aside from the family home and land, other assets including second homes, cribs or batches, shares, businesses, farms and land would attract a CGT charge. It could come into force by April 2021 if Labour wins the next election and gets its way. And business organisations are reacting sourly. Otago Southland Employers Association Chief Executive Virginia Nichols says the administrative costs and investment distortions would be greater than the revenues gained. Claims taxing both shares and business assets would create double taxation, penalising New Zealanders owning shares in New Zealand and making overall taxation on investment less consistent. 
One familiar face who's not a fan of the proposed capital gains tax is former TV presenter turned businessman Jim Hickey. Hickey used to be the weather presenter on TV One but now serves up coffee through his Espresso brand. He says he and his wife sold everything, including their house, to get Espresso going in New Plymouth. He says setting up a business is risky enough without the prospect of losing some of your hard-earned cash. The cost structure is pretty heavy in terms of, you know, you're paying a provisional tax, there's a huge wages bill, there's ACC levies. You like to think at the end of the day that should we ever decide to cash them up that you wouldn't be stung too much on capital gain because it was our idea. Hickey says the tax working group recommendation is a real worry. It's a problem. I, I get no problem with people taxing um, capital gains on property you know, for speculators and things like that. But when it comes to things that people work hard for and establish themselves with, not a good look. Canterbury Employers Chamber of Commerce Chief Executive Leanne Watson said the recommendations from the group were disappointing. She says the rules should not be implemented because of the significant impact on small and medium-sized enterprises. Taxpayers Union Executive Director Jordan Williams labelled the proposal one of the most aggressive and unfair capital gains taxes in the world and called for it to be scrapped. The other question on people's minds is how much would the capital gains tax affect house prices? One Christchurch property manager is worried a capital gains tax would push up rents. Good Girls Director Prue Morale says some might sell rentals before the tax is brought in. If the Mar and Par investors sell off one or two, then there's going to be lesser stock available for the people that really need it. And the Real Estate Institute of New Zealand thinks the tax would have a punitive impact on the investment sector. Chief Executive Bindi Norwell says she expects more investors to leave the market because of the change simply because they won't want to pay the CGT. She says that would in turn lead to a drop in house prices as it means there would be more houses on the market. Neither Inland Revenue nor Statistics New Zealand have data on the number of New Zealanders who own a second property, so it's hard to say exactly how many people would be affected. But data from CoreLogic revealed that 10% of the 85,000 residential properties which were sold last year some 8,500 homes were sold to people who owned another property. CoreLogic Head of Research Nick Goodall says the extension of CGT for residential properties would further reduce the attractiveness of investing in property. But as the tax will not be retrospective, he didn't think it would cause investors to hurriedly exit the market. Jacinda Ardern has thanked the Australian Prime Minister for finding time in his busy schedule to visit New Zealand. Scott Morrison received a formal welcome at Government House today. Ardern and Morrison then lunched together in Auckland. The fact that we prioritise New Zealand uh, is significant for us. Newstalk ZB's political editor Barry Soper was there and says the Prime Minister sent a strong message to Australia over its deporting of criminals. Standing alongside Scott Morrison, the Prime Minister of Australia, Jacinda Ardern made the strongest statement yet on criminals being deported from Australia to New Zealand, that's Kiwi criminals, she said it was a corrosive part of their relationship. It's a brief visit and Ardern says she's already had the chance to catch up with him recently at other international forums. Morrison is no stranger to New Zealand, having worked here in the 1990s as a tourism official. And today he acknowledged the eight-year anniversary of the Christchurch earthquake. Um, Australians 
really been shed tears with their Kiwi cousins on that day. And with that in mind, today is a day many of us can never forget. Tears fell as a moment's silence was recognised in Canterbury. Hundreds gathered at the Canterbury Earthquake National Memorial Service, remembering the lives lost in the quake. Newstalk ZB's Rachel Das was there. Family members, children and dignitaries are laying wreaths of flowers by the Avon River's memorial wall. An elderly Japanese man wiped tears from his eyes alongside countless others as a minute's silence was observed. The crowd was still as one by one the names of each of the 185 people who died was read aloud and you can't help but be moved at the names of so many. Mayor Leanne Dalzell says caring for each other is what's important. Let us look to our future, always remembering our past, honouring those whose lives were lost or changed forever. And a Japanese dignitary thanked Christchurch for remembering the victims of the city's earthquakes. 28 people who died were Japanese citizens. The country's foreign affairs vice minister, Suzuki Norikaz, says no matter how much time passes, it's always a very sad day for families who lost loved ones. He remembers Japan's earthquake at the same time. We have to relate our lesson from that earthquake. The memory of this earthquake should not be faded away with the time. And eight years on, some Cantabrians are still waiting to settle with EQC. At the end of December, EQC was managing more than 2,000 Canterbury claims. Sue O'Brien, who is still waiting, says they had to move out when toxic black mould was discovered in their damaged home. O'Brien says the mould has since been removed and they've since returned to the house, but the fight is yet to be over. Auckland Airport has buckled to pressure and will cut its charges to airlines by $33 million over the current five-year pricing period. This comes after a Commerce Commission report found it could be overcharging and a concerted campaign by airlines. Auckland Airport's Chief Executive Adrian Littlewood says its pricing needs to provide for the airport's future, including undertaking a multi-billion dollar 30-year infrastructure programme. Herald Aviation reporter Grant Bradley says the announcement's somewhat surprising. The airlines have lobbied against this uh, aeronautical charging regime and they've uh, had a win because they've been able to highlight the Commerce Commission's concerns and there's also been a bit of political pressure coming in too. The changes will take effect by way of discounts on landing and passenger charges from July the 1st. Christchurch Airport finalised its prices last year and Wellington Airport is starting the review process this year. Auckland Airport's reduced its target return from 6.99% to 6.62% compared to the Commission's benchmark for airports of 6.41%. In a report released on October 31st, the Commission found the company could be overcharging by up to $37 million dollars for its regulated aeronautical services in the current five-year pricing period. The company's in the final stages of gaining approval for its northern runway, which could be operational by 2028. Patients using a free health clinic in Dunedin have health issues usually seen in much older people. An Otago University study has looked at 375 patients using Dunedin's free clinic, Servants Health Centre. It's found 75% suffer from more than one health condition and half have long-term physical and mental health conditions.
Head of General Practice at Dunedin School of Medicine, Tim Stokes, says the average age of the patients is 42. This level of disease severity is something that you'd expect to find in those aged over 65 in the general population. Stokes says there needs to be better support systems for people with multiple health issues. He says it was sobering to see this population with such high health needs. And aviation enthusiasts are flocking to Masterton as historic aircraft take to the skies. Wings over Wairarapa is being held over the next three days. Today was a day of practice with gates opening at midday for keen spectators. Tomorrow is the main day of action and flying display coordinator John Lanham says there will be some special sights. The B-52 of course will open the show at 2 o'clock but uh, we'll have the vintage aviator flying through the day and, and that's unique, can't be seen anywhere else in the world and a huge variety of helicopters, agricultural aeroplanes. And there's also a chance to see Sir Peter Jackson's world-class collection of warplanes in the air. John Lanham says guests will be treated to Sir Peter's collection of World War I airworthy craft. The finest collection of World War I aircraft in the world. There is nowhere else in the world where you can see aircraft that we have here at Masterton and combinations of aircraft, like three or four. The event's only held every two years and 2017 had to be cancelled because of bad weather. And organisers are hoping the weather holds out, but Sunday's flights could be affected by rain and strong winds. And on that note, be sure to take a brolly with you wherever you are this weekend, as it looks to be a wet weekend. That's the front page for today, Friday the 22nd of February, making sure you're across the biggest news of the day from Aotearoa, New Zealand. For more on these stories, check out the New Zealand Herald or tune in to Newstalk ZB. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio and Stitcher. And if you like listening, please do leave a review and, of course, tell your friends. Until next time, have a lovely evening.